Hey mamas, and welcome back for another episode of Moms with Moms. Moms offering mom support with moms on microphone. If you're new here, make sure you got your drink. Could be whatever, but we always drink in our favorite coffee mug. If you're not new here, well, Kelsey and I are at this again. This is the first time I've had this issue. We've had to re-record. So this is our second time hanging out together. <laughs> so it's going to be super epic and fun, guys. <laughs> As you can see, this is my ghetto room. So that's why I have this wonderful, I'm pretty sure this is a tablecloth someone gave to me like years ago. It's fine. This is my husband's dresser and I'm literally sitting in a corner of our room. We're thriving today. <laughs> yes. Love, Love it. it. <laughs> So I'm going to have Kelsey reintroduce herself because I know her, but you guys don't. So Kelsey, <laughs> three things that moms should know about you. So three things moms should know about me. Um, I, oh my gosh. Okay. Three things. I love to work out. Literally. That is how I just connect with myself. Self-care is so important, especially being a mom and having a kid that is on the spectrum, like I have to have my self-care and I'm very selfish when it comes to my self-care. Um, so working out and just like spending time with me, uh, two is I'm a businesswoman and I didn't realize that I was a businesswoman until I started doing a network marketing business a few years ago. And then maybe it was like six years ago, five years ago. I don't know. It was a few years ago. Um, and that is when I learned that I loved business. I love empowering other people to literally just show up as their real raw authentic self, because that's how they are going to grow. Um, if they are growing on social media and their business, whatever, like just being you. So I love business. I love fitness. And number three, oh God, what is number three? I don't know. Hold on, I gotta think about this. Gotta think about it. Um, I would say just empowering people. And that kind of ties back in with number two, but just being authentic and sharing every aspect of life because everyone goes through shit. Everyone has trauma, everyone has triggers. And just showing up and showing people that it's one, it's okay to talk about, we, it's okay to talk about the ugly things. It's okay to talk about the bad things. Um, but just standing true in who you are and just showing up that way. Um, those are just three things about me. And I do that on my social media. And that's how I've grown my social media is just being myself. Like there's no point in showing up as someone else. Because then you have to like, if you see them in person, you have to like put it on the show. And it's like, what's the point? So those are three things about me. And I probably should mention, because I did this last time, Kelsey already knows, I stalked Kelsey on her TikTok, and that's kind of why I decided, like, hey, would you want to come on my podcast? And of course, Kelsey, Kelsey was freaking amazing and goes, um, yes, of course. So thank you again for coming back for round two. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. We can just keep doing this. It's fun. It's totally fine. Like, we'll just keep hanging out. I mean, at this point, we might as well. So... For our listeners who don't follow you, I am going to tag her so that way you guys can see what it is. At the end, I'll do all the tags like I usually do. But for those of the people who don't know you and don't follow your TikTok, what is your TikTok about and what is kind of like your story? So my TikTok is mainly about my son. Um, and I can't say mainly about my son, but he's 
been the main focus on my page recently. So for those of you who don't follow me, my son has special needs. He's six years old and he is on the spectrum. And so right now we have been walking through a very challenging time. And so I've just been sharing all of that. And it was in December where I posted a video of me crying. Please go find it. It's pinned at the top of my page. It's an ugly face, but that face, that face, um, that video has opened up so many doors for me because it has allowed other moms to see that they are not alone. And so what my page is mostly about is, again, just being authentic, being myself and showing the good, the bad, the ugly and the beautiful side of just life. And so that's how I show up. Um, I have a four-year-old little boy as well. And I share him there, there as well. And then my husband is a firefighter. He spent 10 years in the military and then got out and is now a firefighter. And so I just share life, I think. Like, I think that's just mainly what it is, but in all forms. Like, you're not going to see me putting on makeup all the time or, like, going shopping all the time because I don't do those things every single day. Like, you're going to see behind the scenes, the real, the raw, the ugly, the crime, the ugly faces, all those things. So that's mainly what my page is about. And I think that makes people connect with you more because it's like, oh, she's, you're not an influencer. You are, but you're not. Like you're, you're not pushing to be an influencer. You're pushing to be like, hey, I'm here for you. I see you and you're not alone. And I think that's more important of showing all those pieces. So someone can be like, oh, I can connect with her. Like she is real. Like she, she also did this and I can see that. You're also a sourdough mom. So everybody's sourdough moms now. (laughs) Literally, it, sourdough honestly is like my therapy. I'm not even gonna lie. I have t- two loaves, um, sitting like on my counter right now. I was like, hey babe, can you just do a stretch and fold on these people? <laughs> like when this timer goes off, and he's like, uh, I can try, and I'm like, no, please, like I need you, to do this. <laughs> like don't ruin it. But no, it's sourdough is literally like- my therapy. Sarah, I, I don't mind the sourdough, but my boyfriend prefers the sourdough. So Friday night, I had to work like 8.30 to 11.30, and we were going to a dinner party Saturday. Obviously, I had to let the stupid thing proof overnight. Oh, so yeah. while I was at work, I had my bread, like my sourdough with me, and I was doing my stretch and folds in between phone calls because I work for a call center. And thank God there was only one other girl in the office. She comes in, she goes, what the hell are you doing, breaking, baking bread? And I'm like, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is a commitment. It's like raising another child. Like, yes, yes, I am. (laughs) So how did you, let's talk about like the story of when you learned that your son, Cash, when he was autistic. So my story started back when Cash was 18 months old. And this is going to be a very controversial topic for some people. And that's a-okay. But honestly, truly, this is my story, our story, because it's not just mine, it's my son's too. And this is what we've walked through and navigated through. So 18 months old, um, before, let's go back before that, I was that mom who did everything by the book. I had my baby, I went to all the well visits, he got all the vaccines, like I did every single thing that they tell you to do, right? Because you're a new mom, you have this life that is depending on you. And you're like, what do I do? Followed all those rules, right? And so my son never missed a vaccine, all those things, 18 months. um, My son, we went in for his well visit, he was perfectly fine, he was healthy, all those things, he got his round of vaccines. And then shortly after that is when I saw my son regress. And I say this because Cash used to be a kid who was very cuddly, verbal, he's always been a verbal kid. He was saying mama, dada, we were learning sign language. Like he was dressing himself. I have videos of this, like he's blowing kisses. Like he's doing all these things that like 
normal kids do. And he hit every milestone and was exceeding them. And so 18 months came along and he completely regressed. And when I I say regress, he lost his speech. He started to self-isolate. He would always have to like pick up a stick or two sticks in the yard and like carry them around. He wanted nothing to do with anyone. He would go sit on the playground, be by himself, like didn't want to be held. He started screaming constantly. And so that is when I knew something was off. And at that point, I was pregnant with my youngest and I was like freaking out because I'm like, what happened to my kid? I'm about to have another kid. And I'm basically raising my kid by myself because my husband was in the military at the time and he's working. And so um, I was just like, what is going on? And I remember sitting in bed literally every single night for a while, like researching, is my son autistic? Like, what are the signs of autism? He has this, but he's not doing that. So maybe he's not autistic. Like maybe it's something else. Maybe it's ADHD or whatever. Like you start to rack your brain on every single thing. Um, and at that time it was, I was trying to convince my husband, like, Hey, like, let's stop on these. I don't know if they're right. Like, I feel like something's wrong and convincing him to not do them, uh, was a challenge. And I remember like where we were in New Jersey, we would walk around like the military base and it's one big triangle. And I'm like, literally having to like tell him facts of like different things and like research papers I've read, like as we're walking. And I remember it vividly. Um, and he's like, no, there's no way. And I'm like, let's just not do it again. And so then I had my youngest, my focus is all my youngest. Cause I, again, I'm a new mom. Um, I'm going through postpartum, postpartum depression, anxiety, and rage, which I had no idea was a thing. And so we're still navigating through motherhood that way. And then still dealing with cash. And so when you have a second kid or you bring a second kid into the mix, you kind of like you're in survival mode. Like you're just trying to survive at this point. Right. Um, so we were just doing everything that we could to survive. And then my youngest went in for, I want to say it was his four month vaccines and he had a shot and then he cried for like two days straight. And I was, and had like a one Oh three fever. And I was like, babe, something is going on. We need to look into this. Like we cannot keep doing this. And he's like, no, like, it's fine. Everyone gets them. You get them when you're in the military, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, something is wrong. And so I was like, let's just do one at a time. And um, we did one at a time with his next appointment. And luckily it was just me that went. So I was able to be like, hey, look, we're just doing one. Okay. Like we're not doing this anymore. He had the next shot and it was a booster to one that he had at like four months. I think it was either two months and four months or four months and six months. I can't remember, but my youngest had that booster and then his whole leg swelled up from the injection site all the way down to his knee, all the way up to his hip. It was hot to the touch, swollen, again, had a fever, crying, all these things. And so at this point, I took him back to the doctor and I was like, what is going on? And my pediatrician confirmed that it was a vaccine reaction. And so since that happened to my youngest, it allowed us to just completely stop with both my kids. Cause at this point I was like, I feel like I'm playing Russian roulette with my kids. Like, you never know what's going to happen. We don't know. And so at this point I'm researching, I'm researching vaccines. I'm researching correlations between vaccines and autism. Like I'm researching everything. Cause I'm trying to figure out like what went wrong with cash. Right. And if I can prevent it with my youngest, then like, obviously I'm going to. And so it was around 18 months when we saw like that shift And ever since then, it's kind of just been like a journey of like detoxing him and trying to get him on a good diet and like eliminating the sugars and everything. But 
in the mix of all of that, trying to balance that, um, my husband, we were PCSing and this is in the middle of COVID. So as we're moving, um, in the middle of COVID, luckily, honestly, like now that I think about it, I'm glad that COVID happened because well visits weren't going on. And Mm -hmm. so it was allowing me to like really dig deeper. And if they were going on, like it was a virtual thing. And so with us moving, um, I had to like do everything via virtual, whatever. And like finding a new doctor during COVID in a new place, like forget about it. I'm not, we're not going down that route because the state of the world at that point was just so crazy. And so luckily, like, I'm glad we stopped because then I was able to like really dig deep into what's in vaccines, all this. And so in my heart and in my soul, I truly believe that the vaccine that Cash had, which was the MMR, was the one that made a switch and triggered him to go down this path. And so that's ultimately where we're at. And it's funny that you say that because a lot of people, there is so much controversy of that. But my brother, who is 22, also, I believe he was 18 months too. I thought about it and I'm pretty sure he was 18 months at the same exact point. He had a vaccine and then a week later he had a seizure and then two days after that had another seizure and then had a third seizure. Um, And then he was diagnosed with Asperger's as he got older. I think it was like six maybe that he finally got diagnosed. And my mom and everybody to this day in my family believe that it was the vaccine. Like if you ask my mom, it was like 100%, it's the vaccine that made him that way. Um, just because he was, like you said, he was so fine and everything was great. And then all of a sudden this quick change and I'm not saying like, don't vaccinate your kids. Like we fully vaccinate Savino and I'm not saying that you shouldn't or you should, Mm -hmm. you decide what's best for your family at the end of the day. And because you had two kids who had reactions, like, I feel like that was the best decision for you guys because one, and then you had a second. Yeah. So obviously and luckily, don't do well with vaccines. Exactly. And I am someone who like, for instance, my best friend has three kids. She vaccinates. Um, and she's been with me through this whole thing, like with cash. And she knows that like I stopped vaccinating and I'm not the type of person that's been like, this is what's in it. You shouldn't be doing this. Blah, blah, blah. Like at the end of the day, you are doing what you think is absolutely best for your child. And that's what matters. I don't live in your house. I don't make your rules. I don't pay your bills. I don't do any of that. So I have no say in what you do with your kid and vice versa. Like you may not agree with the fact that I do not vaccinate my son and that's totally okay. But if we can sit here and have like a civil conversation and still like talk about it and like you hear my side of the story and like you share yours, like I feel like that's ultimately what matters. And so I'm never someone who's going to judge another mom for vaccinating her kid or not vaccinating because at the end of the day, I have no say. Like, I'm doing what I think is absolutely best for my kids, and I hope and pray that everyone else is doing that same thing, and that's what matters. And so I can never be that mom that's like, oh, you shouldn't do that, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't do it. I just, I feel like being a mom is hard enough, mm-hmm. and then you add a, another mom in the picture that's judgmental. Shouldn't we be supporting each other rather than judging each other? Like you said, it's okay to disagree. It's okay that, yeah. like, I don't agree with what somebody's doing. And I, I'm going to state my opinion, just like I feel like yeah. you would, because that's how yeah. we are. We're not going to be fake. But doesn't mean that I don't look at you as less of a person. As long as it doesn't affect my kid, I don't mm-hmm. care. Yep. I don't care. 
and that's the thing is like I don't understand why moms who like we are all going through this together right like we're all doing it simultaneously beside each other like we all know the struggle we all know how hard it is we all know how hard postpartum depression anxiety rage all those things are like we know how hard it is to even show up as a mom after postpartum and you're just like I don't look anything like I used to look like my body I don't love myself right now because my body doesn't look the same like we all know how it is and we've all gone through those things some have it have had it way worse some have have mild symptoms or whatever the case may be but we've all struggled at some point in this journey I don't understand why we instantly have to judge another mom when we don't agree with them and that's what drives me nuts about like just motherhood or just people in general it's like we have to like what's the point of judging people you don't know what they're going through. So like no. you judging them has like, you're wasting energy when you could just be like a happy, loving, caring person. Maybe not agree with them, but like still be nice. So I have a genuine question and it's not like a judging question. And I feel like by now, you know, I'm not. Yeah. So because you don't vaccinate cash, how does that work with school? Um. So we live in the state of Arizona, which thank you, God. Um, we... <laughs> Um, we can, yeah, seriously, like, thank you. Um, so with the state of Arizona, we can do an exemption. We can do a religious exemption. We can do a medical exemption or a personal one. And so luckily here, um, I was able to just do a personal exemption. And what they did was I had to take this test online and it was like telling me the dangers of not vaccinating. And then if there's an outbreak in whatever, um, that my kid would have to come out of school until the outbreak was over. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, it's fine. Um, and so that's how we did it. Like, that was one of my biggest fears was if my husband stayed in the military, how are we going to navigate through each state and transferring them and like all of that. And so I'm very grateful and blessed that like we are home and we do have that option because I know a lot of places don't have that and it's very strict and you have to jump through hoops. And I feel like that's when a lot of parents start homeschooling because I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel like they can make their own decisions and aren't so like gaslit into doing things that the pediatricians doctors are saying um and so a lot of people are just turning to homeschooling because like this public school system again fighting it right now with my son um honestly it kind of sucks but I'm willing to fight the fight because my son does deserve a public education and if he thrives there why am I going to take that away so and yeah. I feel like it's a lot of um mm, dare I say it it's a lot of lack say of it. education and lack of <laughs> wanting to be educated on situations and things and 100%. that's the biggest problem that I have I used to work in a school with people in need of supervision pins which doesn't exist anymore but I got kids on all areas of the spectrum. So mm -hmm. I had a kid who had autism. And one of the biggest things was you had mentioned it in one of your TikToks of like how things change. What may work one day may not work the next day. Mm -hmm. And schools get so aggravated with that. And I don't understand why. It doesn't. I'm at a lot. No, I'm at a loss of words right now. We are battling that because with my son, he was um, student of the month in September. He got like the most reward points in his class in December. Like 
my son was doing good in school and he was improving. He was doing simple addition and simple subtraction. Like he can name all the plant. Like my son is smart. And I'm not just saying this because yeah. I'm his mom. Like he genuinely is a smart kid. Um, but he was doing good. And then December 4th was when he had his first um, suspension. And I'm just like, what is it? Like what was going on? Like what was that switch? Um, and then we got sick. So he was out for a week. Then we had Christmas break. So like, his schedule since December and his first suspension has been very inconsistent because then we go back to school in January. Everyone, teachers are sick, aides are sick. Like it's not consistent. Then we get sick again. So he's out of school again. Then he gets suspended again. And so it's just like the consistency isn't there. And that littlest thing can switch everything. And so it's like, and they got a new teacher. And so it's just like, we have to understand and realize that when we are working with kids like on the spectrum and you know, um, the littlest switch will flip a whole day, the littlest thing. It doesn't matter. And so it's just like, what is that little thing that is causing my son to have so much anxiety and aggression going to school, but then at school, like what is happening at school where he's biting because we don't see that at home. Um, and I have a lot of people on my TikTok saying like, Oh, well, home and school is different. 100% home and school is different. And I get that and I understand, but we stop the behavior before it happens. So like, what is going on? Like, are you putting your arm out? Like, are you trying to block him? Are you trying to corral him? Like what is happening where he is biting you? Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, it's very frustrating. And tomorrow I have an IEP meeting with the school and I'm like, I'm kind of dreading it because it's me versus like 13 other people. And so I'm going to have to stand up there, not stand, but luckily it's at home. Thank God. And I don't have to have my camera on. Um, But I can have, like, I have to sit there and like explain all these things to these people who ultimately kind of want to get my son like removed from that school. And I'm like, this is not okay. Like, what is the little thing that is making him flip? So it's just crazy. Well, and I think a lot of it has to go to show that he was being successful and was doing well. I feel like if he had a whole entire year of there was no success, I probably would align with the school and be like, okay, like this makes sense. This is not a good fit. But he was great. And yes, Mm -hmm. kids who are on the spectrum thrive with consistency. Yes. He had a lot of changes that happened. So it's going to take him a little bit to get back into the routine of things and trying to figure things out. And again, mm-hmm. it's it's disappointing when schools don't work with a kid yeah. and they just want to and, wash their hands. Yeah, and kind of just miss them. And I'm like, we're not going to, first off, I'm sorry, but we're not dismissing my kid. Just because he's special, just because he has an IEP, just because he needs extra help, doesn't mean that we are just going to dismiss him because you are not qualified to handle him. And I'm sorry, but I feel like at this point, that is what's happening. And I'm not going to stand for it. And again, like, he's not only having um, inconsistencies at school because of everything, um, but my husband started a brand new career. And so his schedule is totally different than what my kid is um, used to. And so it's not just at school that he's having issues. Like, there's change everywhere. And so he's probably so dysregulated in just life that we're trying to like find that routine. And even with my husband and his career, we're like, okay, like what can we do to help him? Like, cause his schedule is like 24 hours on, 24 hours off, 24 hours on, 24 hours off. And so it's like, it's very, yeah, it's very like inconsistent. And like, that doesn't help. And so we're trying, we're trying to figure it, we're trying to figure everything out. And so it's like, I can only do so much on my end 
But like when he's at school, what can we do there that he is able to be successful again? Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you came down to it and the school was doing everything possible and working with you and working with him and you came down to it and the school is like, we don't think this is the best placement. I think you would be more open to accepting it if they were doing everything possible. But it doesn't sound like the fact that one of the things you posted on your TikTok was like the biting stuff and giving Mm -hmm. him like resources for biting. The fact that you're the one who's looking into that and not the freaking school and saying, hey, we are suggesting that we tried this. What are your thoughts? That's a red flag to me. And again, mm-hmm. I've worked in this field. It's the only reason yeah. why like, I'm like, wait, red flag, red flag, red flag. You should look into a parent advocate. I don't know if they have them in Arizona. We have like IEP parent advocates. And really what they do is they kind of, I'm not saying you need a parent advocate. I think the school needs you to have a parent advocate. So the school's not hearing it just from you. No, I, I No, that makes total sense. And I've been trying to, and here's the thing about just being a mom, you have to dig for your own shit, right? Like no one's going to be like, here's the manual. This is where you go. Like no one does that. And so like, I've had people say like, you need an advocate, you need an advocate. Okay. I understand that I need an advocate. How do I get one? How do I find one? And I did have a lady reach out to me on TikTok, which she's a sweet lady, but she lives, I want to say she lives in Texas. And this has nothing to do with her at all. But like, she reached out, she's like, hey, I want to help you. Here's my prices. And I was like, ooh, right now, like, I can't afford that Mm -hmm. 100%. And I would want someone in person who is like, here with me. And not like, state away. School and understands the state regulations. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's just like, I would love to have one 100%. Do I know how to find one? I have no idea. Like, I have no idea how to go that route. And there's a policy that I had, my mom had printed out. And there was like an advocacy thing, oh God, on there. And so I emailed them and they're like, well, here are our resources to be a self-advocate. And I'm like, I don't want to self-advocate. I want an advocate like with me. I want someone who's going to hop on that Zoom call with me and be like, this is what we need. This is, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I'm trying, I'm trying to do everything on my end while juggling being a married single mom when my husband's working with mm-hmm. the boys, trying to like do my own business stuff. It's a lot. And so like, I'm trying to manage it all, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, I would love, I would love for someone to be there with me. So I don't feel like I'm fighting this on my own. And here again is another problem with like society and the world as a whole we shouldn't have difficulty in finding resources in things that we need. Like postpartum depression and anxiety and rage, it is so difficult to find certified or counselors that have that experience. And if you finally find a counselor, guess what? You're gonna be on a wait list. So for you to find a parent advocate, when you have all these other things that you're navigating, you're probably not going to invest as much time because you have so much other shit going on. And that doesn't make literally. you bad pay. Like you literally don't have the time to sit there and look for hours every single night trying to find these parent advocates. It's like, okay, yeah. this is not working. I need to focus on this right now. I need to put this to the side. And it yeah, shouldn't and be that difficult. It shouldn't. And it's like, you have to pick what is most important at that time and what is not. And so like, I will be at the gym, like, in my head, replaying like questions. I'm like, okay, don't forget to ask that. Like, or replaying conversations or things that I want to say. So I'm like, 
okay, don't forget that. Like, I need to go write it down this morning after I went to the gym because, again, I'm so selfish about my self-care and, like, just pouring into myself. Um, I sat down and I had to write – I wrote three pages of questions, tips, and things that I want to see for this meeting tomorrow because when I show up, one, I've never been this prepared. One, I've never been this educated on an IEP and the things that I need for my son. But two, IEP meetings are so emotional for me. Yep. And I don't know if it is for everyone else, but for me, it is so emotional because for someone to sit on the other side and tell me how bad my son is and where he should be and he's not and like those things, that hits hard, especially mm -hmm. as a parent where you're like, God, I just feel like I'm trying everything and I'm still failing. He's not doing it in school and I'm failing. It's just like, no, I want to be so prepared where like I hop on this and I'm like, okay, what's a 504 plan? Would this be good for cash? What is this? Will this be beneficial for cash? How are we transitioning him from point A to point B? Like, those are the things that I'm asking because I'm like, I have to have it all written down. If not, then I'm just like a bunch of jello because I'm so emotional. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I this is the most prepared I've ever been for a meeting. And I'm ready to conquer it. Will I cry tomorrow? 100%. But I will, yeah, I will fight through my tears to make sure that my son gets exactly what he needs in school before we determine that he should not be there. And there's a lot of things that like, we're going to address before I'm like, okay, let's just pull him. Because it wouldn't be right for me to just pull my kid without them exhausting every single thing to make sure that he's getting exactly what he needs. And I feel like that should just, again, it's those things that should just be given. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It literally, if you didn't have a kid who was autistic, you would be doing all those things. Yeah. Yeah. But because he's on the spectrum, you're automatically like, nope, because he's on the spectrum, things are different. That's not fair. That's literally. No. You have not. all the things that you have to do. Cross your T's, dot your I's, do everything. Once you go through all of that, then you can say, you know what? We've done everything that we can. We've shown mm -hmm. you that we've done everything that we can. Do you have any more ideas before we decide maybe this is the best fit? Yeah, 100%. And it's like, I am that person who I want to go from point A to point Z and hit every single letter in between. And I don't care how long it takes before we have this final decision of, okay, we have to pull him or, okay, this is what he is on the spectrum or whatever the case may be. Um, I want to cross off everything before I just go straight to like, okay, well, this is it. This is my son. This is what we just have to deal with. Like, I'm not that parent. And there are people out there who just, I feel like accept what someone tells them and they just kind of feel defeated and aren't willing to fight. I'm the total opposite. I was not raised to just like whimper down and not do anything. Like, I will fight tooth and nail because if I feel like something is wrong in my gut and something's not being taken care of, I will be very vocal about that. And I hate to be like that person that comes off as a bitch or whatever the case may be, because I'm not that. But if I have to be because of my kids, you betcha I will. And I don't like that side of me at all because that is not like where I want to be. But if my kids are not being treated how they should be treated in school or in life in general, like it could be family, friends, whatever. Like if I see you just treating my son in any way, like mama bear comes out and she is not pretty. And I've had to pull her out once and it was not pretty. So no, literally like it was not cute. But That's the other side, right? Yeah. But it, literally it is. And I'm just like, I don't want to go through that. I don't want people to see that side of me. But 
I, I will use it if I have to. Well, let's hope that tomorrow that you don't have to do that at the IEP meeting and they listen and they hear you. There's a difference yeah. between listening and hearing. So let's hope that they hear you. Yeah. Um, and let's hope that you are able to get to all of your points that are the most important. Uh, because I know a lot of times they try to dismiss parents and they're like, yep, nope, nope, nope type of thing and try to get you quickly out. So yeah, I, no, I won't do that. <laughs> we will sit here until we're done. I'm sorry. You like, I have all the time in the world. Oh, the kids get out at 1245. Well, they might get out a little late today because you will be in this meeting. Somebody else has to get them out, not me. <laughs> oh my gosh no but I do pray like I do pray that tomorrow's meeting does go well um and that they do hear me and that we can move forward with a new plan a new intervention something to help him because mm -hmm. I don't want to go from cash being really good to cash just getting pulled from school and going somewhere else because of three incidences like we have to look at everything we have to look at the bigger picture of like what's going on and I feel, again, that's one of those things that just makes freaking sense. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Duh. Like, what are you guys doing? Hello? Are you listening? Like, something's going on. And they all, like, his teacher and the behavioral specialist and one of the aides, two of the aides, really adore Cash. And they love Cash. And then they, they know that Cash is a good kid. And he, um, they're honestly pushing him to like the next level like where he should be which is good and so they're like really fighting for it and his teacher the other day like walked out when he got suspended this week <laughs> yeah he she was like I just feel like I'm failing him and I'm like you're not like I understand that you are doing your job and you have to and I have so much respect for these teachers that do this willingly because like I do it because he's my son and like this is the path that we're on but like people that sign up to like go to school and learn this and then do it like for you for instance like it's a hard job and so I just think every person that works in this field are angels okay not all of them there's always like that percentage that are not but most of them like do want to help kids and so I'm like you're an angel like you are doing what you have to do I understand that and I don't want to be that parent that's like an asshole and I want to be very understanding but my job is to be his parent and to advocate for him. And that's what I'll do. And that's what makes you a great parent, obviously. I mean, you know that, but you are the best parent for him and you are doing the best that you can. And you yeah. are doing a good job. Like you really seriously are. The fact that Thank you're you. just doing all those things shows how much you love him and how much you care for him. Because yeah. if you didn't, you wouldn't be doing all those things. That's true. That's true. And I, I don't know, it's hard. It's a hard job, obviously, like on the parent side of it, on any side of it, like whatever the case may be, but it's something that I, I just would never give up on my child, regardless if he has special needs or not. I would never give up on my child just because he was having some type of issue. Like, that's just not who I am. And I feel like a lot of kids don't have that type of love or like figure in their life who's just going to like stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with whoever and like fight for their kid and that honestly breaks my heart because I feel like every kid deserves that and it's it's sad that a lot of kids don't get that kind of love honestly and those are the kids that usually fall through the cracks mm -hmm. and end up in places that they should have never been in because they didn't mm -hmm. have someone who loved them like you did yeah well, 100 percent you do <laughs> no I, well, I knew what you meant but no 100 percent and it's just like 
if I had all the money in the world, like I would help all everyone because that's just who I am. And I love to give back, especially to the, to the people that are in need, because yes. I know what it's like um, to come from like a low income family. My mom's a single mom of three kids. And so like, I know what it's like. And so I, one of my goals in dreams is to like help others that need that kind of help. And just like, if I could get kids out of the situation um, and get them on the right path, like I would love to do that. And so that's like a goal of mine for sure. Maybe you could start your own parent advocacy group and you know, maybe I could, there's a lot of things that I want to do, honestly, like a lot of things. Um, <laughs> the list where do of I them. find the time? Yeah. <laughs> where, where do I have the time? Um, but no, that's one of the things. And I feel like as I start to do the things that I want to do, it's all just going to snowball and it's all just going to like kind of happen how it's meant to happen. And so I just have all the faith in God because he's ultimately guiding this whole thing. Like I have no control. I don't know. God like manifested in my life and I've done all the things that like he was like, okay, you're going to do this and this and this and this. And then like, it's all going to play a role, right? Like that's what life is. Everyone has a role and everyone has like a job to do and all that kind of stuff. And again, that's why I never want to come across as like that mean bitchy parent because I'm like, no, I get it. Like you have a job to do and I understand that. But my job is to make sure that my son is getting what he needs. And so we can go round and round and round as many times as you like until everyone's happy. What are three things of advice that you would want to give to a mom, either who has a kid that's on the spectrum or just to any mom in general? Oh, man. Okay. So any mom in general, um, prioritize your self-care if you can, because oftentimes we get lost in motherhood and we get lost in parenting our kids and just being there for our kids and being a housewife or like whatever the case may be, whatever your dynamic is, but we get lost in those things. And so if you can take one hour out of your day and just spend it with yourself, even if you get up early, stay up late, whatever you have to do, but make sure that you have you time where it's like nothing about anyone else, but you, you can journal, you could um, go for a walk. Like I used to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to get a workout in before my kids woke up because I was a better parent that way. Mm -hmm. And so make sure you prioritize your self-care, have your husband watch his kids and it's not called babysitting. Like he's parenting. So have him parent his kids or your spouse, whatever the case may be, ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. You don't have to do everything on your own. Um, Number two, if you are a special needs mom, just know that you're going to have your ups and your downs. And that's okay, because we all do, even a regular mom. Um, But just know that you are not failing your kid and you're doing your absolute best, again, even a regular mom. But I feel like when you are a special needs mom, there is a lot more that goes into it, that ties into it, because you're having to research things and, like, make sure that things are going to be correct for your kid. And, like, you're always 10 steps ahead as a special needs mom to make sure that, like, transitions are easy and getting to school is easy and like all those things and so just know that like when you feel like you're failing you're not and you're probably doing way better than you actually think you are number three just in general this is for everyone just be a kind person Mm. be nice because you never know what someone else is going through you never know the struggle that they're facing you don't know if they just lost a child if they just got diagnosed with cancer like you have no idea what someone else is facing. And if you show up and you are nasty and you're rude and condescending, whatever the case may be, you don't know that your comment isn't going to trigger them to do something to end their life, whatever the case may be. So just be a kind person. And with that, 
that means doing the inner work and healing your own traumas and your own triggers so you can show up in this world a better person. So those are my three things. Those are three great things. My favorite's probably the last one because you cannot use your trauma when you hit 30 and you're older than that. Your trauma is not a reason for you to be an asshole. Nope. You're just an asshole. Yeah. And it's your responsibility to deal with that. Correct. No one is responsible for your feelings. 100%. Yeah. And so, like, if you get triggered because someone did something to you, it has nothing to do with that person. It has everything Mm -hmm. to do with how you are feeling internally, so you have to work on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to have such healthier relationships once you realize that. 100%. And that's how I I think that's how I'm able to show up on social media the way that I do, because not a single person and their opinion about me and how I live my life affects me because I know who I am and I've worked on my own triggers and I've worked on my traumas and all those things. And so I'm confident in me. And so if you don't like me, you don't like me, your opinion doesn't pay my bills or anything like that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm just like, yeah, like you don't have to like me. That's okay. I'm done keeping you. So (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Thank you again for, this was actually lots of fun. So thank you for joining and sharing your story and being vulnerable. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Of course. And you can come on a third time and hopefully it won't be a re-recording of a third time. It'll be like another story third time. (laughs) No, I would love that. Honestly, we have a lot of things that we can talk about. We, We absolutely do. Maybe we'll have to like, once in a great while, be like, hey, need content ideas? Let's do this. Hey, do you have just like two hours and we can just sit and record something? Hey, you want to bitch today? Let's bitch today. I'm down. I'm in a bitching. (laughs) No strings attached. Just let it all out. Okay, friend. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for doing this again. And thanks for letting me just vent to you for a little bit. I appreciate it so much. Um, I have 25 notifications, but I have to go make cookies for my husband to take to work tomorrow. So I have to go make Jimmy his lunch to take to work tomorrow. So let's go be our, our housewives. <laughs> let's go do it. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Anyway. Have a good night. You too. Bye. If you like this episode and you want to know when another one's dropping, you need to subscribe right now. And if you liked this video and you have questions or comments, like, and leave some comments. And if you're looking for daily inspiration, daily reels, some questions, or just, you know, true honesty, here's my Instagram and my Facebook. And if you want the real, authentic, non-filtered version of me, then you got to go to the TikTok. And if you want to follow Kelsey and her story, here's her TikTok and here's her Instagram. And as always, moms, I hope you had a great best event session with us and that as moms, we're surviving and thriving because that's what we freaking do. Bye, besties.